Amen. Well, we don't have the capacity to edit, apparently, so whoever gets this sermon, enjoy it. Amen. But I was saying, I don't see any visitors. I, there might very well be some, but, and if I missed you, I apologize for that, but welcome. I'm Pastor Dan, if you don't know who I am. The title of my sermon this morning is to kill them with kindness. I was speaking to Gretchen this morning after the first service, and I was giving her a hard time, and she said, aren't you the guy that just preached on kindness? <laughs> I said, these words come back and haunt me. What do I do, Bob? Just keep right on rolling, right? Repent. <laughs> That's how we are. See, Bob says, and Mike says, repent. My text is Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4, and also 19, verses 22a, the New American Standard. I do ask you to look at that translation so we can all be on the same words. You'll also find the outline for your easy reference in the, in the bulletin. Now let us turn to God, the Father who oversees all worship. I ask him to capture my mind and get me ready to, to share. And so, dear Lord, this morning let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen? You know, one of the advantages of growing older and getting a few more years under your belt is the opportunity to learn. In fact, I really believe if you're not learning, you're really not living. And the day you quit learning or the day you lose your desire to continue learning, your life basically is over. And the longer you live, the more you can learn. And one of my goals in life is to try to learn something new every day. I do it either by reading or perusing the internet or asking questions of people. You know, I've learned a lot and I still have a lot to learn. One of the greatest lessons I have ever learned in life is this. It pays to be kind. That's a surefire way to win friends and influence people is to be kind. A sure way to tear down walls and to build bridges is to be kind. Kindness can be the sweetener in the tea of marriage. Parents, you will never teach your children a more important lesson than to be kind. And the reason I want to talk about kindness today is because, in my opinion, kindness is becoming an increasingly rare commodity in our society. Kindness is becoming as rare as a conservative viewpoint in the mainstream media. We have become a society in which the milk of human kindness has spoiled. I think you would be hard-pressed to ever go a day in your life where you don't meet someone that doesn't need a kind word. It is impossible not to be unbelievably blessed when someone sends a kind deed or a kind word your way. There is an old saying that goes, kill them with kindness. You really can do that with people. You can kill animosity, bitterness, anger, and hard feelings with just a little kindness. And I was trying to think of a good definition of kindness. I came up with this thought. Kindness is treating others the way God treats you. That's really scripture. 
Of course, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, was a walking, talking example of how to be kind. And if you study the four Gospels, you find something amazing about Jesus Christ. This man who walked on water, healed the sick, raised the dead, fed the crowds, made the blind to see and the deaf to hear, and even went so far as to provide salvation for the entire world, never, ever turned anybody away who wanted to see him. He always had time to speak a kind word or do a kind deed. And what is more remarkable is that Jesus Christ came into a world that was not kind, There are so many organizations today that spend their full time giving out kindness. For example, hospitals and orphanages and mental institutions. None of these things existed when Jesus Christ came upon earth. People then were amazed at how Jesus would pour out the milk of human kindness into every bowl of human suffering that he came across. He was kind to the people who loved him. He was kind to the people who hated him. I don't mind telling you that one of the hardest parts of the Bible for me to want to obey is the part that tells me to love my enemies. But Jesus said something in Luke 6.35 that tells me why we are to love our enemies. In Luke 6.35, Jesus says, But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and evil men. Now think about that. God is kind to people who don't even think about his kindness. God is kind to people who aren't even thankful for his kindness. God is kind to even those who are evil, to those who hate the very idea of God, to those who don't want anything to do with God, to those that don't even believe in God. Well, that tells us something very important about kindness. Kindness is what we give even to people who don't deserve it. I read about a widow who lived down in the country. She was a very godly lady, but she had a neighbor. He was an unbeliever, and he hated the idea of God. He hated the church, and he particularly didn't like this woman because of her godliness. And he was always rude and always mean to her. And this woman tried repeatedly to reach this man, to build a friendship with this man, to witness to him, but he would have none of it. He despised her. He despised her God, and he especially despised her chickens. You see, this lady had chickens. In fact, it was some way that she earned a living by taking the eggs and and selling some of them. Well, one day, the chickens got out of her yard. And as you'd guessed... They went into his yard, and it just infuriated this man. He picked up one of those chickens, wrung its neck, and he threw it back over the fence. He wasn't even watching where the chicken landed. She happened to be in the yard, and the dead chicken landed at her feet. He turned and stormed into his house. That evening, she knocks on his door, and there she was holding a fresh plate of chicken. She gave to him and nicely said, I hope you enjoy your dinner. It broke the man's heart, and he wound up giving his life to Jesus Christ. As difficult as it is, and it is, 
As hard as it is, and it is, you are never more like God than when you are kind even to people who do not deserve it. You know, the wisest man who ever lived, a man named Solomon, wrote a book in the Bible called Proverbs. This book basically is a summary of the best practical wisdom from God. Solomon felt that kindness was so important that this is what he said about it. It's our text for this morning. So Proverbs 3, 3 and 4, which states, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. In writing this, Solomon said, in effect, Every morning when you get up and walk out the door to go to work or school or wherever you're going, you have to have kindness wrapped around your neck and worn just like a necklace. Then he went on to say in Proverbs 19.22a, just the first line, what is desirable in a man is his kindness. See, there is nothing that people want from you and will enjoy from you and will cause people to remember you more than simply being kind. And I want to share three secrets this morning on how to kill people with kindness. First, in your outline, consider that we show kindness at what we do to others. You know, I'm always reading and studying about leadership. I desire to be the best leader that I can possibly be. One of the things that I have learned is Tenderness can motivate people to do things more than toughness can. The great leaders do not drive people with a crack of a whip or by insisting on their obedience to their authority. They lead people with the warmth of a kind word. Aesop wrote, told this, this fable. One time in which the wind and the sun were arguing over who was the strongest, the wind said, Do you see that old man down there? I can make him take his coat off quicker than you can. Well, the sun agreed to go behind a cloud while the wind blew up a storm. However, the harder the wind blew, the firmer the old man wrapped his coat around him. Eventually, the wind gave up and the sun came out. That son began to smile kindly upon that old man, and before long, the old man wiped his brow, pulled off his coat, and strolled on his way. You see, the son knew the secret. The gentle warmth of kindness is far stronger than the harsh force of arrogance. I am convinced that one of the things that endeared Ronald Reagan to this nation was the fact that people just sensed he was really kind. I admit that Ronald Reagan is one of my heroes, but I read a story about him that him one time that just truly touched my heart. He was running for president back in 1976, and he was getting ready for a rally in a North Carolina parking lot. A lady came over to one of his aides and said, I've got a group of blind kids here, And since they can't see him, I'm wondering if you could have Governor Reagan come over and tell them hello. (laughs) Governor Reagan said he would do it. Here was a man in the middle of a presidential campaign. 
and the press would have gone wild for a photo of him with a group of blind children. But Governor Reagan wanted this to be between him and the kids. Reagan waited around till all the reporters and photographers got back on the bus to leave, and when they had cleared out, Reagan went to the area behind the podium where those blind kids were. There were about seven kids, about nine years old, all of them blind. Reagan did not walk over and speak to these kids and leave. He sat down on the pavement of that parking lot, and he began to talk to them. And after the kids had asked a couple of questions, he, said, he then said to them, Now, I have a question for all of you. Would you like to touch my face so that you can get a better understanding of how I look? The kids squealed with delight and said they would. Reagan just sat there while one by one those little blind kids began moving their fingers over his face to see what he'd look like. 25 years later, that aide said, the only picture of that scene is the picture in my mind. But I can still see those little kids touching Ronald Reagan's face and smiling those really big smiles, and I was thinking, what a kind man he is. Now let me give you a piece of advice. If you want to live a happy life, Take every opportunity you can to be kind to other people. Because as Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, you cannot do kindness too soon, but you may never know how soon it will be too late. Second in your outline, consider that we share kindness and what we say to others. Everybody in this room has a kindness kit that you carry with you everywhere you go. It's in your mouth. It's called a tongue. I don't want you to ever underestimate the power of just one kind word. There is an old Japanese proverb that says, one kind word can warm three winter months. How many times have all of us been guilty of having the opportunity to respond to someone with kindness who was unkind to us. But rather than doing so, we said something we soon regret it. Kindness is not only how you act, it's also how you react. I talked about loving our enemies. It's one thing to be kind to a friend, it's another thing to be kind to an enemy. It's one thing to be kind to those who like us. It's another thing to be kind to those who don't. I don't know if you've read or read the cartoons or not in the papers, but years ago there used to be a cartoon called Sluggo and Nancy. Nancy was a well-to-do girl from a nice family, but her best friend happened to be a kid named Sluggo who was a poor kid who lived on the other side of the tracks, so to speak. In one of those cartoons, Sluggo was talking to Nancy, and he said, that new kid in school is nothing but a big fat head. Nancy said, you shouldn't call people names like that. I never call people names. Sluggo then said, well, I just got mad when he said you were stupid looking. Nancy said, what else did the big fat head say? We need to learn 
how to be kind with our words. I want to address an issue here that I believe has caused kindness to be very misunderstood in our culture. Today, we're not supposed to condemn anything or anyone. Because if we do, we are unkind, that is, politically incorrect. Some people think kindness is a sentimental softness of heart that tolerates wrong and never condemns anything. Suppose I go to the doctor, he examines me and discovers that I have a tumor. What if he thinks, I don't want to cause this man any pain, I don't want to upset him, I don't want him to leave here hurt or be discouraged? He brings me back to his office and he says, everything with you is absolutely great. Don't worry. Be happy. He really isn't being kind. He's really unkind. A doctor who is kind will tell you the truth. If there is something inside of you that will hurt you, regardless of how much it will hurt you for him to tell you that. So when a minister gets up and talks about sin whether it is sexual, financial, marital, emotional, or mental sin, always remember he is not being unkind. He is being kind. Sometimes when people bring true constructive criticism, and I do mean constructive, they are not being unkind. They are being kind. Listen, you can make a critical point in a kind way. I heard about a man that was standing in line to buy it an airline ticket. And he goes to the counter and he says, I'd like to buy a ticket to New York City. The agent said, that's no problem. How many pieces of luggage do you have? The man said, I have three. She said, do you want all three checked to New York? He said, no. I want you to send the first suitcase to Phoenix, the second suitcase to Seattle, and the third suitcase to London. The agent looked at him and said, Sir, I am sorry, we can't do that. The man said, Why not? You did it last week. (laughs) I said that to make a point. You can confront wrongdoing, you can bring correction in a situation, you can tell the truth without being unkind. We're to share kindness with our words. Third, in your odd line, consider that we sow kindness in how we relate to others. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is kind. Well, sometimes love is kind in a kind word. Sometimes love is read in a kind note. Sometimes love is felt by a kind touch. I want to encourage, us, encourage all of us in this room who are believers that we can really show kindness to unbelievers. You see, in reality, What kindness really is, is simply reaching out to other people with God's love and to do all that we can. We want them to experience the God that we love. And it's amazing how that can be done in just the simplest ways. I want to go back to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, there's one of the most amazing statements in all of the Bible that if you just read it on your own, you really wouldn't pay much attention to it. A man with leprosy had come to Jesus and said to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The most horrible disease in the entire Bible is leprosy. As a matter of fact, leprosy is a picture of sin. Leprosy was the AIDS of the biblical world. And in verse 3, we read this amazing statement. 
Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now you say, why is that such an amazing statement? Jesus healed a lot of people. But listen, it is not the healing that is amazing. What is amazing is that Jesus touched him. It is the first time in all of the Bible that we are told that anyone ever touched a leper. It was without question the touch of kindness. You see, leprosy is a terrible disease, except in its early stages, the leper does not feel physical pain. In fact, that's the problem. Because the full term is leprosy bacilli, and it deadens the nerve cells. When you have full leprosy, you can feel no pain, and patients can damage their own body without ever knowing it. Some leprosy patients can walk on a sharp metal screw all day. They can drive a nail through their hands. They can drive a nail through their eyeballs and never actually feel it. So listen, the pain the leper felt in Bible days was not physical. It was social and personal. They were rejected by the community. They were total outcasts. Dr. Paul Brand was a leprosy specialist. He was a missionary serving in India. And Dr. Brand told of a young, bright man he was treating in India. And in the course of his examination, Dr. Brand simply laid his hand on this young man's shoulder and told him through a translator of the treatment he was going to give him to cure his leprosy. And to his amazement, the man began to shake with uncontrollable weeping. Dr. Brand asked the translator, have I said something wrong? And when the translator asked this young man why he was crying, the translator turned to Dr. Brand and said, Dr. Brand, the reason he is crying is because you put your hand on his shoulder. In all of the years he has had leprosy, you are the first person who has ever reached out and touched him. There is a world out there that is covered with the leprosy of sin. God wants to use us to reach out in the spirit of kindness and touch those people and love those people and bring those people to God. That world is hostile, not only to what we believe, but many of them are hostile to the one we believe in. And the way you can reach out to them and touch them is to kill them with kindness. Amen? Amen. Service is over, but as we go out, let us ever remember that we worship the true God. And so we celebrate the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank them for the right and freedom to serve them in the manner that they want us to serve, and that is in kindness. Amen?